Hello and welcome to episode 249 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always joined by Bryson and Jacob, and we are officially in the month of February. We are in the same month that pitchers and catchers report. We are in the same month that spring training games get underway, and I am so excited that we are finally nearing the end of the offseason. Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? Doing good, Mark. We've made it. We are officially, as we record tonight, exactly two weeks away from Pitchers and Catchers Report. And now, actually, what you're starting to see is that people are starting to report early. I know Jose Brios has been there a little bit now, but of course, he's a guy that's going to be leaving anyway to go to the WBC. I think Eric Swanson got there today from what I saw. So there's been a lot, a couple guys starting to show up. And um, I'm just happy we made it through, like you said, baseball's back this month. And once February hits, because now we're past, obviously after Christmas until February is kind of really the dark period. Once that calendar flips to February, you know that you're officially in baseball season. And we are uh, about 18 days away or something, or 20 days away until they play their first game. So we are officially close. And thank goodness it's finally come. Yeah, thank goodness the offseason looks like it's kind of done. I mean, I know we talked about this last time. Seems as if the moves are done. This looks like it's going to be a really good team, and I think it's exciting to see, especially the players that are starting to report early. I know we all had a little debate, um, you know, is Dalton Varsho going to report early with the catchers, or is he going to report with the rest of the players? Um, Just little things that are nice to see, and you know what? I'm just happy to see Blue Jays back, and especially after that beatdown that the Leafs took to the Bruins. Anything can be better than that, so let's just be happy the Blue Jays are back. Jacob in fine form already. We are two minutes into the episode, and he's already (laughs) mentioned the Leafs. Um, Yeah, it's an exciting time, and of course, the main thing that we're going to talk about today is perhaps the Blue Jays' last edition of the offseason, and that's the fact that they signed Chad Green to a two-year, $8.5 million deal, and it sounds simple on the face of it. There's a lot that's going in behind the scenes with the contract and player options and team options, and if things go well and everyone plays their card right, Chad Green could be a Blue Jay until 2026. There's a possibility he's a free agent after this season. There's a possibility he's a free agent after 2024, after 2025. There's a lot of complicated stuff that goes into this contract. But bottom line, the baseline that we have, that we were given, is two years, $8.5 million deal. And I guess the biggest part of this deal and the biggest conversation to have is the fact that Chad Green had Tommy John surgery last year. He had it in May of 2022. He missed most of last season, and because of his surgery and the rehab, he's going to be missing most, if not all, of 2023. And if things goes as planned, the Blue Jays will get him back in the last couple months of the 2023 season. If rehab takes a little bit longer, they'll be getting him for 2024. But... um, I think that's the biggest question mark in this deal. Like we know Chad Green has been in the majors for seven years, seven pretty solid, reliable years with the New York Yankees. And of course there's been ups and downs over the course of that, but he's a really solid, reliable reliever. And that's what the Blue Jays are hoping they're getting. There's a possibility that Tommy John goes wrong and he doesn't come out as the same pitcher that he went into it as, but we'll see what happens with the Blue Jays. And bottom line, I think all three of us, I think everyone in Blue Jays world is pretty excited about this because we've heard so much about Chad Green. (laughs) We've heard so much about Chad Green over the years. We've watched him pitch against the Blue Jays year in and year out. And finally, he's going to be a Blue Jay. We're really excited to see him on this team. So I want to get your guys' initial thoughts on this deal, especially with the kind of complicated contract structure 
and the fact that he's coming off Tommy John. Well, I'm happy to see one of our three members are extremely optimistic about it because <laughs> that got me there for a second. But uh, no, no, I honestly, I think I think it was you, Mark, in our Discord that said if this goes to plan, Chad Green could be kind of the equivalent of getting a deadline deal done where you acquire him and it, he comes in late in the season, helps with that playoff push. And if you can, and I know these are a lot of what ifs, but if you can get Ryu and Chad Green back within a couple months of each other, mid to late in the season, I don't see this being anything bad. Now, yes, obviously, Tommy John surgery, no guarantees there. And I mean, his numbers honestly have been quite consistent all throughout his career. I mean, you're looking at it, an ERA close to five in his first season, but other than that, he's been pitching upwards of 50, 60, 70 appearances, almost 70 in 2021, and the ERA has hardly ever been above four or even close to four, only one time after that. And there's a lot of what ifs. Obviously, with Tommy John surgery, the last thing I think anybody predicts is he goes back to a three ERA or a 312 or even a 183 or. 103 ERA like that, that's not necessarily going to happen but if you can get him back late in the season and I'm just talking about 2023 if you can get him back I think that would make the bullpen a lot better we've already talked about it the Blue Jays look like a lot more of a complete team in 2023 bullpen has more stability they have a lot more firepower I think but guys that can throw a lot harder I don't really see this as being anything other than I'll call it a low risk move but it's something that I don't really necessarily think has low risks attached to it because yeah obviously you, you might not get anything out of him this season he might not do anything the next season like it, there's a lot of what ifs he might only pitch one season two seasons however there is the potential that he ends up doing four seasons and it could be four very good seasons and I think the bullpen's looking like it's going to be really good and I'm talking as if he's going to be on the opening day roster but when it's all said and done if you're in October if you compare the bullpen that blew an 8-1 to lead to the Seattle Mariners, to the the bullpen that is going to start the 2023 season, as I know you guys don't like me saying that, but the bullpen that is going to start the 2023 season and hopefully finish the 2023 season, it looks a lot better, and I think it's it's a lot more solid. It's a lot of guys that have proven themselves, I think is the best way to put it, and you're looking at now, you add that to Swanson, Romano, Simber, who led the league in appearances. Like This team, it's looking like it's going to be really good, and, and it's a very complicated potential length of this contract like who who even really knows how long he's going to pitch for the Blue Jays but I think it's it, overall it's the consensus that I'm seeing on Twitter is that it's a good move for those playing along at home with your section 138 bingo <laughs> card you can cross out Jacob mentioning the Leafs and you can cross out Jacob talking about the 8-1 lead <laughs> Well, I mean, let's add something to the list here. I was going to say, Jacob, you seem very confident. I know we haven't had like our prediction episode yet, but are you willing to say like this is almost like a 100-win team, or are we not going to go there yet? Because, I mean, you're hyping the team up pretty good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but... I will not confirm or deny anything yet. Catch that off the bingo possible. card. That means I mean, what did they say last year? I think it said like 97, but... It was, it was around if you, We were all if around If you the same. mention the Blue Jays winning the World Series in this episode, I think I've got bingo. <laughs> Oh, All right, well. Yeah, it's coming, I'm sure. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got time to do it still. But, yeah, I mean, the thing that you mentioned, too, about how the bullpen does look better, I mean, 
it it looks better, of course, at the major league level, and now it also translates to the depth that they have in AAA as well. You really like where things stand compared to last season, and of course, Mark, you said it about Chad Green. We're all familiar with Chad Green with his days with the Yankees, and just a complicated contract, like you were saying, basically a club option for 2024 to 2026 for nine million. If it's declined, then it becomes a player option. If both are declined, then it becomes a club option again for a different figure. So it's just very complicated. It includes security for both Chad Green and the Blue Jays, which is really good for both of them. And of course, Chad Green, of course, a guy who throws fa- a fastball, a curveball, a changeup, and a sinker. And the million-dollar question, and you guys hinted at it as well, is that Tommy John surgery, of course, is no guarantee for anybody. We've seen stories where somebody's come out or come back from it very effectively. Example is Justin Verlander. Somebody's come back from it in a not-so-good form, and they've never really been the same pitcher. So that's where I stand on it. I mean, if you really look at last season um, for Chad Green, of course, he was on the right track before he did go down with the injury. Uh, His numbers were, or his ERA was a lot better, and he really, even the year before that in 2021, he really was up top of all of Major League relievers in a lot of numbers. I mean, I think in 2021 as well, he led the league, uh, or led all relievers, I should say, with innings pitched. So he led all of that in 2021. It was around 83 innings, I think. Um, That's where he led. He was top 12 in walks per nine. He was top 15 with batting average with balls in play, top 10 in ground ball percentage, top 16 in war. These were all in the reliever categories. And this is a guy, again, in 2021, who was atop all of these numbers. So he's going to come back this year uh, at the earliest, uh, at the end of the summer. That's if everything goes well. Yes, you can pretty much treat it like it is going to be a deadline acquisition. And when he does come back, you have to imagine it's going to start in low leverage situations and then he's going to build his way up and work his way up if all goes well. And just in time for that stretch run towards the postseason, if all goes well, of course, he's going to turn into that guy at the or late in games with high leverage. And that's exactly what, if healthy or when healthy, Chad Green came here to do. So that's why there is a lot of um, questions in terms of what's going to happen. I know as well in 2021, uh, his fastball, of course, the velocity was up there. And in 2022, his numbers actually dipped a bit in velocity, not too much, but a little bit. And he was also walking more guys last year before he got hurt. So potentially that was a sign that the elbow issues began to circulate. And again, especially with his velocity dipping in 2022, it's going to be interesting to see if he can get that velocity back up. He might not. He can still possibly not and still throw over 95 and still be very effective. But he was a guy as early as uh, 2021 and even before that, he was throwing up to 98 miles per hour with his fastball. So that's going to be one of the things to look out for as well. And it's the unknown factor, but there's security there. Jacob, you said it. There's two guys now on this team who are actually on very similar timelines in terms of recovery, and that's also Hunjin Ryu there too. So there's going to be two guys potentially that the Jays are going to be getting back at the later part of the season. But just to compare, and I'll even go a step further than you, Jacob. You mentioned just the 2022 bullpen when the postseason started. Let's mention the 2022 bullpen uh, on opening day, and that consisted of the following. Jordan Romano, Adam Simber, Trevor Richards, Julian Merriweather, David Phelps, Tim Meza, Trent Thornton, Ross Stripling, Taylor Saucedo, and uh, Jimmy Garcia. You look at this year, the projected bullpen as we stand right now, this is, of course, without Chad Green until later on in the summer. Jordan Romano, Eric Swanson, Jimmy Garcia, Anthony Bass, Tim Meza, Adam uh, Adam Simber, Trevor Richards, Zach Pop, and, of course, there's one more option there. 
We don't know exactly what's going to happen there in terms of it's going to be Mitch White, Kikuchi, Thornton, Pearson, maybe Hagen Danner. I think Zach Pop's also pretty much one of those names that are going to be fighting for one of those last bullpen spots. So the depth is there. You like it. You like of what you see as well in AAA. If one of those guys don't make it, it just shows that they're going to be top reliever guys as well in AAA. And of course, if all goes well late in the summer, you can add Chad Green to that list. Yeah. How optimistic are you guys that he's going to come back partway through 2023? Like, do you think the Blue Jays will really get him as kind of a trade deadline acquisition in mid-August or September or whatever it may be? I mean, yeah, sort of. I think they'll get him back in 2023 for sure. Uh, well, hopefully I, I would assume so but i don't know how late it's gonna be i would assume by september like remember before we when we had the the non-waiver and then the waiver trade deadline i think they'll get him around that time when like beginning of september starts i think he's back the beginning of august i think when you look at the timeline it's a 12 to 14 recovery timeline of tommy john surgery he had it in june really 14 months takes you to the the following august i think if all goes well again he's not going to be that guy coming out in the eighth inning right at the beginning of course but he's going to work his way up and i think he'll be on the roster by then yeah i think i agree with you guys he'll be um kind of around the same time you know early to mid to late august maybe even september sometime around then i think assuming the blue jays are in the playoff picture at that time the blue jays will be pushing for him to come back and making sure that he's got at least some reps in before the postseason starts because that's going to be a priority for them in terms of bolstering their bullpen because we see we have seen what can happen if you don't have a great bullpen heading into the playoffs and so the Blue Jays are going to be emphasizing that. Um, Jacob you mentioned very early on that this deal was low risk. I don't know if I agree with that entirely because I think there is some risk involved here just based on the fact of what we were talking about. The fact that he is coming off Tommy John and there's a lot of questions around what his performance is going to be or even when he comes back. Like the Blue Jays are kind of handing him a check not knowing when he's going to pitch for them. You know, there is the case where there's a complication in his rehab and he doesn't pitch for them in 2023 and then you're paying $8.5 million for him to pitch for the Blue Jays for one year, assuming, you know, all those player and team options work out that he's sticking with the team for longer. And so I I don't know, like, I think there is some inherent risk in signing a guy like this. I think I'd call it more of a mid risk deal. If if I can call it that, I don't think it's high risk. Like Chad Green has a history and a track record. Again, those seven years in the majors with the Yankees of pitching really well, but I do think there is some inherent risk with this signing. And, but I, I get, I think there's really high reward. Like, I think it's, I'd, I'd say a mid, mid-risk, mid-reward deal because the Blue Jays are paying someone. They don't know when he's going to pitch, but assuming he stays healthy and gets back to the Blue Jays in a reasonable amount of time and is who he was before the injury he's going to be in. So I, I, I think that's how I'd classify this deal. One sec, Jacob, before you go. I also want to add to the point, on a different standpoint of it being a risk, you look at it now, the Jays potentially now are done making bullpen additions if they don't get chad green there's a chance they can get somebody for right now and now you're going into the season with somebody that you probably imagined that you would have had right away now you got to start the season off with a guy for example like trevor richards or zach pop any of those guys at the bottom tier i think trevor richards cracks the roster out of going an opening day but i will say this he out of all these people that i listed earlier 
he's the one I think has got to have a good start because of how last season transpired for him. And if he doesn't get out to a good start, then there's a potential hole in your bullpen, and then you got to wait till August for Chad Green to come back. So I think in a way, too, of how you've constructed your bullpen, there's a little bit of a risk there, too, because now you need guys like Trevor Richards, Zach Pop to get out of the start out of the gate. Even a guy like Yusei Kikuchi, if he starts in the bullpen or if it's Mitch White or whatever, those guys need to pitch well out of the gate to hold the fort for the first pretty much four months of the season. Honestly, that's a good point. But I think what I was looking at is say the Blue Jays do not sign Chad Green to any type of contract, like fast or rewind a couple days ago, nothing happens. I'm still confident in the the bullpen. Like this is just an extra, if we get him and he ends up working, then the bullpen's fantastic. But you you have a closer who throws 99, 100. You have Adam Simber, who, like I said, led the league uh, in, in appearances. Like you have a very solid bullpen. And even though it was criticized a lot last season and it, at times had its reasons to be criticized there were a lot of really really good pieces and you look at the the uh, deadline deals they made last season those guys are sticking around this season you still have uh, Jimmy Garcia for one more season I think it's still going to be a good bullpen that's what I meant like if, if if Chad Green doesn't end up pitching for them this season or for most of this season which we know most of the season but like worst case it's not like if he doesn't then the bullpen's in shambles like I still think the core, maybe five or six or whatever you want to call it, I still think that is really intact, and I think it, it's going to uh, it's going to do really well, even though there is definitely some uncertainties. I think I might disagree with you again there. So let's keep talking about kind of the current bullpen situation and how it's shaping up now that Chad Green is in the picture, because we entered this off season, or at least I entered this off season. Maybe you didn't, Jacob, based on what you just said, but. With a lot of uncertainty about the bullpen and knowing that the Blue Jays had to make dramatic steps to improve their bullpen. Because, again, I, I mean, we're all going back to it in this episode, not just Jacob, but that <laughs> game two of the wild card. Like, it proved to the Blue Jays without a doubt that they are not at the same level of bullpen as every other major league team or every other postseason team that was succeeding. Like, you look at the Mariners. They survived until the 18th inning in a game against the Houston Astros. And then the Houston Astros outpitched them and won. It was a 1-0 game, right? Or, or a 2-1 game? Uh, I think it was a 1-0 walk-off. Just ridiculous it was pitching. Pena. For, yeah. Yeah, for, for nine innings of extra innings on top of nine regulation innings. And the Blue Jays just don't have a bullpen to do that. They just don't have the arms that are quality enough to do that. And when you talk about them stacking up in the playoffs and running in potentially again this season to a team like Houston, to a team like Seattle, you cannot roll out there with the same bullpen you ended last season with. And so that's why I entered this offseason with a real desire for the Blue Jays to make big changes and improve their bullpen because as we saw it at the end of last season, it was not good enough. They did it with Eric Swanson. But I didn't think that was enough to improve the bullpen fully. I still think they needed to make moves. And I think Chad Green gets them closer to that end point of having a bullpen that can really deliver them and secure and hold down the fort for close wins in the playoffs. But I still think there's... I'd like to see more. I still don't think it's quite enough to have a bullpen that's of the Mariners caliber, of the Astros caliber, you know, of that caliber a bullpen. So, I don't know. I... I I think we differ there about where the bullpen is right now. It's definitely better than it was at the start of the offseason, better than it was the start of last season. I think the Blue Jays are as close as they've been to having that quality bullpen that they need to make it deep into the playoffs. But I'm still not sure that they're there yet. But I 
I think it's like one acquisition away. Like I think it's like a, a trade deadline acquisition or even signing someone under the radar that could surprise this season. I think we're one one guy away from getting to that point. So that's what makes me optimistic, but I wouldn't say the Blue Jays are there yet. So I wouldn't say they, I guess a good bullpen, but not a great bullpen. And a great bullpen is what you need to succeed in the playoffs. Well, I'm just looking at the depth chart and Eric Swanson's not even there. Like I almost forgot that he was on the roster until you mentioned him. I was like, I know they're missing someone. And then you said Swanson. I was like, oh, okay, that's who it was. But um, I see what you mean. I mean, I guess maybe we just have differences in opinions there. I think like it, if the way I look at it is Jordan Romano, he obviously he's your all-star closer last season. If him or, or uh, Adam Simber were not available, you were kind of like, oh crap, like we are in trouble. If you know, you have other guys like Tim Mesa who had some rough patches, but overall had a very good season. You had Jimmy Garcia who was very good all season long, but you didn't necessarily have that extra guy that could just go out and throw a hundred if you need to. And I think they do at least have the capabilities of doing that now. Like they have that extra player in, you know, Swanson, things like that. And Chad Green, if, if or slash when he eventually comes back uh, from Tommy John surgery, like I do think, and then even the deadline deals, like we mentioned with Pat, with um, Bass and, and Zach Pop, I think overall it's a good bullpen. Like I, I, and I guess maybe where you're saying is it needs to be a great bullpen. I think it has the possibility to be that, but I don't know. Maybe we just need to let the season play out and let Anthony Bass have his full first season or first full season in Toronto. I mean, that was the whole storyline last year, the first full season in Toronto. Maybe that's all Anthony Bass needs to have a good season or Zach Pop. Like I I do think it's a, it's a above average bullpen that has the possibility of being a borderline elite bullpen if things go right. And I could be proven wrong. I mean, obviously there'll, there'll definitely be acquisitions later in the season, no matter how good the bullpen is, but I still do think that it is, it, it complements the starting pitchers quite nice is I guess one of the best ways to put it. Yeah, I, I'll go in the middle between you guys. Like I still, I do think it's a really good bullpen. Um, there's no question about that, but I just, I go back to the same issues I had earlier is that if a couple of these guys at the bottom, of course, we're not talking about the Romanos, the Swansons, Garcia, the guys that you're solidified with later on. I'm talking about the guys in the middle leading up to that point. There's a couple that are just, it's a little shaky. And then I think that stuff's got to go right. You know, I mentioned Trevor Richards, even Adam Simber. He gives up a lot of contact as much as we all love Adam Simber. I think it can be a little risky at times. And then that whole sit- or question mark of who's going to be the long men out of the bullpen, that's been, or that hasn't been decided yet. So that's why if you bring in a somebody now, it eliminates more of those questions and you feel really good about where it is now I'll say this though is that it's definitely one of the best bullpens they've had entering a season in a long time like if we're talking at the depth chart last season and they signed Chad Green now we would like it but I think a lot of us or pretty much all of us would be in that majority that you know it's going to be great when he comes in but how are they going to tread water for the first four months without him? Like that is a significant chunk this way or this season. You still feel a little bit better about it. You do, but there's still questions there. And I do agree with you, Mark, that there are questions. The depth though, again, it's really good in turn, or it's a lot better in terms of what they've had before. You know, I'm curious, I think at some point we are going to see Hagen Danner this year. I just don't know if he's going to crack the, um, the opening day roster. I know there was Julian Fernandez and there was also Junior Fernandez who they got off waivers from the Yankees, who was basically, uh, a casualty because of the 40-man roster and the Rule 5 pick. So the Jays actually stole him off waivers from the Yankees. Somebody who a lot of people are, have promised about but still has to uh, prove himself in the major league uh, at the major league level. So you have more... You know, the other thing, too, is that you have some guys here where 
there's a few guys ahead of going to a guy like a Trent Thornton. So that's why I look at it and I say, before you go to Trent Thornton, there's a couple of options ahead of him. And in years past, usually Trent Thornton's been the first man up. So that's where the signal to me that the depth has gotten better. It has improved. It just, that last spot's going to be fascinating in terms of the long man. And then when you look at it and you do the math now, there's going to be an odd man out. And, um, you know, Zach Pop might be that guy. Trevor Richards might be that guy. Like, there's going to be questions at the the middle part of the bullpen. And I think that's where a lot of us are going to be questioning a little bit. But again, we still feel really good about it. The later part of the innings, I'm fine with. I really do uh, feel good about it. And then when Chad Green comes back and he's back into form, hopefully, if all goes well, you're going to feel really good about it because he's going to be that guy that jumps in it later on in the innings in the seventh or the eighth inning, no matter how they plan around that. It's just up until that point, they're in a good spot. They are. They're a solid team. I really like what they did. It's just you can't have a guy come out of the gate and Trevor Richards can't pitch like he did last year or else they're going to be in trouble in the, the middle innings. And then you might see a, a situation where what we saw last year in terms of pushing your starters, pushing your starters, and you don't necessarily want to do that too much early on. So it's just that I think if that happens, we're going to be re- revisiting a lot of situations that we've witnessed before, but it's not going to be to that level of what we've seen. So that's that's where I feel really good about it with, and I do feel better about the bullpen entering this year for sure. And I think a lot of us do, though. Again, it's got to be one of the best bullpens they've had in a long time on the depth chart entering the season, not after the trade deadline. I mean, going into the season. Yeah, that's the silver lining, and that's what we can kind of hang our hats on right now because, I I mean, there are wild card in it. Like, I, I think where... Trevor Richards ends up this season is going to be a big factor in that. Like, maybe he is that extra guy for the Blue Jays. Like, maybe he turns into what the Blue Jays were thought they were getting when they originally traded for him and all our problems are solved, right? Or maybe he's terrible. Or maybe, you know, a more developed Zach Pop who has an extra year in the majors, who has a full season with the Blue Jays to get his feet wet, like maybe he shows up and really surprises and becomes someone that the Blue Jays can go in with in the seventh or eighth or even ninth inning in some cases to close out a ball game. Like there are wild cards here that can spin the right direction, but then there's also a scenario that you can come up with that is very disconcerting and concerning about what the Blue Jays are doing. Like you could come up with a scenario where God forbid Jordan Romano gets injured and then all of a sudden you're in a situation where you're relying on Garcia and Simber for the last inning and then you're you've got Swanson in the mix too and things get a lot more weak and what happens when you know Garcia goes back to back game so he can't finish out a series so you got to go to Simber and I you can make up a situation where things go south for the Blue Jays I don't think they're insulated enough right now to avoid those problems. So that's where all this is coming from. But again, there's a lot of wild cards. We don't know what is going to happen. It's just with a bullpen, I feel like anything that could go wrong tends to go wrong, especially with the Blue Jays bullpen. And that's what I'm a little bit nervous about right now. But bottom line, Chad Green is going to help this. You just wish he was coming in at the start of the season instead of coming in in August or September or worst case next season. Um, so yeah, it'll be be interesting to watch. Um I, I don't know. If you guys had to rank the Blue Jays' bullpen, where do you think you would put it in... Let's go all of baseball. Like, 1 to 30, where do you put the Blue Jays' bullpen? Because I think right now, I mean, it's tough not pulling up the stats and doing a numerical comparison, but just going on vibes alone. I think I'd probably go maybe 10th 
right now, like 10th, 12th area, because I think the Blue Jays are really being carried by their offense. And to some extent, their starting pitching, I think, is better than the bullpen right now. So I think they're getting carried by those two parts. So like if you're evaluating the Blue Jays overall in kind of a power ranking scenario, I think I'd probably put them 7th or 8th in baseball. But when you're talking about the bullpen, I think the bullpen shifts downward a little bit. I put it around 12th, I guess. I'm curious where you guys are at with it. Again, vibes alone, not doing a statistical comparison. Uh, I think I was going to go a little bit higher. I think maybe what I'll do is ninth. I mean, there are obviously better bullpens, no no doubt about it. But when you think about what the capabilities or what the potential is, I think if you're going to win a World Series, this bullpen has... Uh, it has at least the foundation there, if that makes sense. Like the the players that you want on a World Series winning team or just division pennant, whatever. I think they're there. It obviously needs some work, and things do need to go right. And you know, I, honestly, we're lucky that guys like Romano and Simber have been healthy the last two seasons because I don't even want to imagine a world where neither of them are pitching. But so that will not be good for this team. But I I, I do think that it's. It's definitely above average. It's definitely better than more than half of the teams. I just think that, yeah, if you compare them, and I guess now that's where they are as a, a team as a whole, is you are not comparing yourself to just the entire league. Yeah, you're going to probably make the playoffs. You need to now compare yourself to the playoff teams. And if you don't have what it takes to take out the Astros or take out, we saw what happened last year, take out the Mariners. But like, if you don't have what it what it takes to take out those top teams, uh, then you're not going to win in the playoffs. And, and that's just the unfortunate truth. And so... Yeah, it's fair. I mean, above average bullpen, but there definitely are better teams that most likely would knock them out of a playoff spot if if it was the way it is right now. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go top ten because you're the op, but you're like the most optimistic one, Jacob. I'm like in the middle, so I think it makes sense for me to go right uh, below you there in top ten. I just, you know, I look at it as much as. It's not perfect. It's 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 solid though. It's a lot better um, entering a season. Uh, it was one of the things on the checklist of the offseason. It was one of the first things we said. It was obviously lessons learned from that, among other things on this team. And I think that as much as a lot of these moves were quiet, and this is now expanding to everything else that they've addressed in a, in a lot of the ways, they really have fulfilled those needs, and they really have put themselves in a better position entering the season. And that and the bullpen is a massive um, is a massive reason to that, of course, uh, along with uh, the starting lineup. So I, I like where it is now. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good, I guess, beginning couple of months. And we hope that there aren't, you know, any situations where, you know, leads are being blown or anything like that. Worst case scenario frequently, because we've seen that before as well. And it hasn't been fun, uh, hopping on this podcast every three days talking about that. So, I mean, I don't think that's going to be anywhere near that. So exactly why the vibes are a lot better, Mark, like you were saying, without statistics, you feel like we're away kind of we're past those moments now I mean again we're hoping uh that that happens and you're really going to be talking about wow you know this bullpen as much as there are a couple guys that still give up the contact and everything like that I mentioned a guy like Adam Simber that's just part of his game you're also going to look at seeing like this is probably the most velocity now uh in terms of swing and miss that we've seen in in a while and Eric Swanson's going to be one of those guys and showing that difference because he's going to be that new guy. And of course, and of course, Jordan Romano, somebody we know of really well. And it's just, and I think it's all going to kind of mesh together. And I really do think Eric, Eric Swanson is going to be a big uh, reason for that in terms of being very noticeable of why or how, if you want to compare the, how this bullpen looks to last year, 
there's a lot more swing and miss. We're not, we didn't just talk about it. They went out there, they addressed those needs, and it has the potential to definitely be top 10. And then, of course, when Chad Green comes back, it has the potential to be even better. So I think there's going to be a lot of factors that come into that. But I do think vibes-wise, I think that we can put that, I think it's fair to put it around the top 10, even where you are, Mark. I think anywhere close to that hovering number 10, I think that's fair, uh, fair and pretty accurate. Okay, so we're all around the same area at least. Um, all right, so anything else to add on the bullpen before we move on? I think that's it. We just spent like nearly an hour talking about it. So, I mean, it's in good shape, but that's the vibe. It's in good shape. Before I guess one thing quickly before you mm-hmm. move on is I was we were met, like I was mentioning scenarios and options. I just me I this is just my fault. I didn't mention Nate Pearson. He's another guy there that increases the depth. That just. You you like where you like where things stand, and of course, if he comes out of the bullpen with this fastball, we know if healthy, you you like where things stand on the depth chart. I just wanted to mention that too. You forgot that part of my bingo card. I forgot that too. Normally, I mention him. Nate Pearson. <laughs> well, you like Nate Pearson as a starter, don't you? Yeah. No. Every every episode, every year, I'm like, oh, Nate Pearson. This is the year. This is the year. And I I completely forgot about that this time. As of now, he's healthy, apparently, so that's good news. I'm keeping a list of things that we can put on the bingo card, and then eventually we can tweet and post it on Instagram if people can play along at home. Um, Okay, well, moving on, let's stay with the pitching theme. And we've got a question from one of our listeners in our Discord, and if you weren't listening to our episode last week, listen up now. You can join our Section 138 Discord, which we recently launched We've got about 65 of our listeners in there. You can chip in with questions for the episodes, talk with other Jays fans about baseball or other sports or anything you're into. I know Jacob's very enthusiastic about his newfound uh, Pokemon community that he can talk to about. Hey, well, so why are we? <laughs> we weren't what? supposed to bring that up. Oh well, too late. If you're in the uh, Discord, you're aware of it. Um, but anyways, point being, we have a question from Naden. They are asking uh, who deserves the fifth spot in the pitching rotation. And this has obviously been a point of contention because you look at the top four in the Blue Jays rotation, obviously Kevin Gosman's there, obviously Alec Manoa is there, and obviously you're going to have the new acquisition, Chris Bassett in there, and just topping off on the depth chart, you've also got Jose Brios there, assuming he bounces back and nothing terrible happens to him this year. But then the big question is who comes after that? Because you say Gakuchi, I feel like is the most likely option right now you've also got Mitch White in the mix and then as we just talked about the wild card of all wild card Nate Pearson um, I guess if you're really optimistic you could put him in the mix there as well and then there's also you know a couple of options um, deeper in the Blue Jays system in AAA that could play into some sort of picture some sort of scenario there yeah, Ricky Tiedman is also on that list if you want to throw him in there. And then there's Ryu. At some point, he'll be coming back, and he'll be factoring into that. So, I don't know. who. Do you, right off the top, fifth spot in the rotation, where's your gut leaning? What's your analysis looking like? There are going to be a lot of people that don't like this, but I say it's Yusei Kikuchi right now. Just very simple answer. That's who I think it is. Yeah, I mean, that's my answer. It's Yusei Kikuchi. I, I really do think Yusei Kikuchi... Can, no, I'm kidding. I, I don't want to be too optimistic with it. But, I mean, really, when you think about it, they really have no choice but to go with Yusei Kikuchi. We know the contract they handed out. you got to get everything you can out of this guy. And he's going to come into the spring with another opportunity to get that fifth spot. Of course, he's going to want to win it. 
it's going to be up for grabs, like you guys were saying. There's not ex- exactly at the moment. There's nobody really that's a threat other than Mitch White. And I think it's going to be one of those two to open the season. And then at some point, we all know what's going to happen. We're going to have to, I guess, evaluate start by start uh, and talk about Yusei Kikuchi's command. And hopefully it's there. And we're going to hopefully go through that carousel again, but hopefully in a good way. And then it's going to come to the summer. It's going to warm up. Ricky Tiedman's going to be an option. There's going to be other guys that are an option. Of course, Zuliet is also going to be an option down in AAA. I think that's somebody that we don't talk about enough that might get a look. And I will say this, though, and I don't know how you guys are going to agree with me on this one or not. You mentioned it, Mark, with Hunjin Ryu. I do think when he, if he does come back, and it seems like later on in the season is going to be an option, I do think the Jays find a way to get him involved. I'm just going to leave it at that. I agree. I think he ends up in the rotation. At some point this season. Uh, but in terms of who gets the, the fifth spot out of spring training, yeah, I think it's Yusei Kikuchi. Like, that's a boring <laughs> answer, and we all agree on this. It's just like, I, I mean, obviously the Blue Jays believe in him. Obviously they kept him there for a very long time last season. Obviously he has the ability to be a good starter. He showed it in 2021 with the Seattle Mariners. And so, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... I, it's kind of a Jose Rio situation, I think. I think Yusei Kikuchi is going to bounce back to some extent and be better than he was last season. I think we're going to see that this year. I'm hopeful that we see that this year. I think, bottom line, he gets a spot out of spring training because I, I, I think the situation you have to think about is the fact that I know I'm being the pessimist on this episode, but it seems very, very rare that you come out of spring training with a healthy rotation. And so, in a situation where someone, God forbid, goes down, you're going to have to throw Mitch White and Yusei Kikuchi in there anyways. And so, you have to have Yusei Kikuchi stretched out coming out of spring training. So, anyways, I don't want to be the pessimist. I don't want to be disappointing and depressing for everyone. But I, I just think it's Yusei Kikuchi. That's the clear answer. I will throw a name at you guys, though, that hasn't been mentioned yet. Zach Thompson. Yeah. The Blue Jays signed him or they acquired him from the Pirates for Chavez Young. And I mean, he hasn't had great numbers in the majors. He um, made his major league debut in 2021, started 22 games for Pirates last season and had a 5.18 ERA over 121 innings. But it's depth. And if we get into a situation where, I mean, he might pitch super well in spring training, earn his spot in either the rotation or the bullpen as a long man or again an injury happens to Kikuchi or some of the long men that might be in front of him in that conversation some like Trent Thornton um, or Mitch White you know if he pitches better than those guys because I don't think Mitch White has a guaranteed spot in the majors this year so like I think there's a situation where Zach Thompson works his way into either a starting rotation spot or a long guy out of the bullpen. I think bottom line, whether he gets that spot permanently or not, we're going to see him in the majors for, I don't know if I'll say a significant amount of time, but I think he's going to get like at least 15 appearances in the majors this year because just based on injuries, 162, the whole whole thing that we know that goes on with baseball, I think he's going to get some appearances this year. That's honestly a name that I completely forgot about for a while, but... uh, (laughs) Add that to the bingo card. We mentioned a name that Jacob doesn't know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get bingo before the episode even begins. <laughs> uh, but no, like, y- you bring up a good point. I mean, I think, was it, I think it was last season or one of the years where Stripling and 
no Robbie Ray somebody fell with like the kid in their arm and yeah that was, like, was, that was Robbie bunch... Ray at the start of 2021 mm-hmm. spring training yeah there's just like a bunch of fluke injuries out of nowhere like unfortunately like we talk about Blue Jays have a top five maybe rot- well, if you just consider one to four maybe a top five rotation you lose one of those and then it's like oh this rotation's a little bit uh, quite shaky or a lot shakier than you expected but I don't. I do still think that it is going to be Yusei Kikuchi's, Kikuchi's job to lose. He, like we mentioned, two more seasons left. <laughs> like it's going to be really difficult, I think, for him not to to get that spot. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident in a bounce back. You know, mid fours is is fair, and then let's just hope that let's just hope it's nothing to what it was. I'm not going to let you, you tick off you the next thing on my bingo prediction? card. No, no, no. <laughs> I just wanted to see if he was gonna go that far. I was trying to test. I'm not. Him. No, my um, my <laughs> you didn't take the bait. My irrational thought or my irrational uh, predictions. You're not scratching that one off off the bingo card. So not yet. Mid fours is fine. If you get that, you get like two or four guys that are mid threes, low threes, whatever twos, and then a mid four. Honestly, that's fine. Like I have no problem with that. Yeah, I mean. I agree with you, Mark. We're going to see Zach Thompson at some point this year. Um, it's just it's the nature of the game. The other thing, he's got options. He's going to be up and down. He'll be easy to move around if that's going to be out of a opener, you know, long man, anything like that, potentially starting um, with all of that. So I, I do agree with you on that, and it's definitely somebody that it's kind of been under the radar, of course, when he was – I mean, as much as you look at his numbers, it's hard to – accurately judge him because of the fact that he's been with the pirates and we all know how much of a mess that organization's been so i mean clearly they like his stuff and clearly that there's a chance that potentially they can find something with him and he can be an option depth wise for sure and ultimately though and this is um you know i don't want to spoil the predictions too much here but ultimately a lot of this bullpen or not bullpen sorry a lot of the starting rotation talk in terms of depth in terms of potential injuries I do think it's going to circle around one guy to bounce back this season and the importance of his bounce back and that's Jose Barrios. They really need him to bounce back and that if that if that is the case you you can work with four solid guys and if that's not the case if he doesn't bounce back then there's going to be some questions and I think that we're going to be a little a little nervous. I will say that, but I do think Jose Brios's comeback this year as much as we all want to see it, I think it's also very important that it does happen and I'll ask you guys this too. In terms of Yusei Kikuchi, let's just say, for example, if things don't go well, are we at the point now, this season, year two, where they ultimately could cut bait with him at some point? Because last year they held on to him. They did some phantom IL stints. They moved him to the bullpen, all of that. They kept him in the organization. They kept him throughout the offseason. Are we at the point now, though, where if we go, let's just say, a month or two in and he's not pitching the way we expect it, and he's pitching a lot like last year season. Do you do you expect a potential DFA situation this point around, or do you think they hold on to him again for the rest of the year? I think we're in a Tanner Rourke situation here. Like I think that if he enters the season and pitches terribly, we're going to see what happened with Tanner Rourke, and that's that he gets you know like a four start leash, and that's it. And then the Blue Jays cut bait and let him loose because. Um, I don't know. Like, I think they're optimistic he can bounce back. We're optimistic he can bounce back. But bottom line, they're at a position where they can't afford to put someone out there every five days if he's not pitching at his best and shows no signs of improving from last year. So, yeah, I think we're we're kind of at that point. Um, yeah, Tanner Rourke. Well, and they can't afford to throw games anymore. Like, you are now competing for a division at this point. Like, what? it's basically playoffs or you're, somebody's getting fired. So you, you need... 
you need to be winning every game. So I I really think that if he's not if he's not giving them any chance to win, then he's done. Which is unfortunate to say because you know you never want to see that. But I do think that the team needs to win, and if you can't win, then I don't know. It's kind of tough. All right. Well, thank you very much to Naden for that question. We enjoyed it a lot, and I think that wraps up our episode for today. So thank you to everyone who listened. And as a reminder, again, you can join our Discord by checking out the links on our social media. It's link tree slash section 138 pod and our Discord join link is right there as well. Um, And you can check out our social media at section 138 pod. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok to make sure you never miss an episode. You can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we are very much looking forward to two weeks from now hearing how everyone is in the best shape of their lives and uh we cannot wait and i know the weather right now is terrible in toronto and in ottawa it's supposed to get to negative 38 degrees tomorrow as we record this in ottawa but at least we can stay warm with the thought of dunedin florida and the toronto blue jays finally being back on our radios and tvs so with that we'll catch you next time Stay for your meal. I'll say it's gonna put some love in your life. Don't you really wanna know how it feels? Everybody wanna see what it's like. We even wanna be inside. It ain't last. We all know there's better things in this life.